What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about the delicious Strava Craft Coffee. You guys know the deal with Strava Craft Coffee. Not only is it delicious coffee that gets you the energy jolt that you need, but it also comes with the rich CBD infusion that is perfect for relieving aches, headaches, migraines, pains, anything that's going on with the body. That CBD helps relieve. So it's the perfect two-in-one combo to start your day to get you through the day, maybe a little nightcap of some Strava. It's available in K-Cups for your Keurig, whole bean, or ground. And guys, when you purchase online, use the magical code DNVR20 to get 20% off your entire purchase. So check them out, Strava Craft Coffee. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. Welcome to the DNVR Broncos podcast. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my main man, Andrew Mason. Ryan Koningsberg on assignment today. And guys, before we hop into this fun, fun show, I got to tell you guys about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. Guys, MSU Denver Online puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. So whether you want to go out there and start your process to earning your degree, or whether you want to finish a degree or just take a class or two, I guarantee you MSU Denver has it. So check them out at msudenver.edu slash online to scope out all they have to offer, including over 40 online and hybrid programs, 750 classes, anything you want, you can find. So check them out at msudenver.edu slash online. My boy, Mace, what is up? Howdy. How's life treating you, Zach? Oh, man, life's good, although the weather's trying to uh, rain on our parade. What is this, Mace? I thought we were in the full swing of summer, and now we're getting, like, 60s, cloudy, and rain. I feel like I'm back in Prague or something. <laughs> and snow up in the mountains. Yes. And, like, Overnight. Like, uh, Holy Potentially, cow. like, inches and inches of snow. Yes. Uh, I was seeing something last night. And I guess up in Laramie, they were talking about how they had uh, a few inches of snow and there was some concern over whether branches were going to break because, of course, we've got leaves. We've got leaves on the trees right now. So if snow hits, it's additional weight. The limbs can't handle that. And uh, hope everything turned out okay in those places where they did get snow because having done a little cleanup here from the storm that rolled through Denver on Saturday, wouldn't wish that on anybody right now. Certainly not. And Mace, I, I have to ask you about that storm. So, of course, uh, the three of us were down in downtown Denver, uh, walking the streets of Denver with the Broncos players during the peaceful protest on Saturday. And when I woke up on Saturday, you know, it was supposed to be around from noon to three. And it said it was going to rain from noon to three and I was like oh gosh this is gonna be miserable walking around in the rain but the rain held off it was a beautiful day perfect literally as I'm driving home maybe the worst five minutes 
of rain and wind I've ever experienced. Mace, where, where, where were you when this five to 10 minute storm hit us? I was in my car. I was almost home. And actually, yep. I could have been home, but I was feeling very thirsty. And I realized that I didn't have any iced tea in my fridge. So I was driving over to McDonald's just to get an iced tea. And <laughs> as I'm about to go through the drive through line, there's like seven people in there. The heavens open up and I realize, oh boy, if this thing has hail, I don't want to be caught in it. So I drove two minutes and got back to my house, got in the garage. And as I got in the garage, it, it took a while for my garage door to open. And that's when I realized, oh shoot, we lost power. Mm. And we didn't have power for three hours. And this was a problem because my cell phone battery was down to it's last 5% or so. Oh, no. And so I couldn't find any of my batteries I, I ordinarily have because I haven't had to use them in the last few months as we've been kind of quarantined. So anyway, I had to go find this one-time use battery. So you use it once and throw it away, like an emergency battery. And I got my phone up to like 13%. <laughs> and that's how I was getting on that. Oh, I was getting internet service because I was doing it through my phone. I'm writing my story. Then the, that, then the phone battery goes out. And at that point I have to use my wife's phone to get on the internet. Her battery's draining. And I'm thinking oh, I might have to, we don't get power back. Uh, I, I might be screwed, but I got my story up. And then right after I got my story up, the power came back on. <laughs> of course, of course, that's how it would work out, man. And we were, I was a, a block away from my house when it hit. And I kid you not, it was kind of in, in a place where restaurants are. Restaurant signs were flying off buildings. I've never Whoa. seen anything like that before. A tree outside of our place snapped in half. We have a... Uh, uh, at, at our place, there's kind of a communal glass uh, patio table on the rooftop that shattered into thousands of pieces. It was it Ooh. was wild, but it it made me feel like it was not Colorado weather. But I'm thankful that uh, the parade had or that the march and peaceful protests had ended, mm -hmm. and we weren't out there for that. But Mace, enough weather talk. We got some fun things to talk about. And this show and courtesy of ESPN. Yeah, I have to give credit to them for a creative idea as we're all trying to come up with stuff here. Because the NFL, it's fairly light on uh, on on-field news right now, to say the least, because we haven't had OTAs and we haven't. And of course, with no OTAs, we haven't been able to tell you who's up, who's down, as we normally would this time of year. So ESPN decided to redraft the entire league four rounds. So it's basically the start of, of building a team. And basically you're starting over and Zach, certainly some interesting results that came from this. Certainly. Where do we want to start? Um, let's man. Do you so, want to start with the Broncos or do we want to start just, let me, we want to start start with uh, through, the draft at number one overall. Let me go through the beginning of the draft. And Mace, tell me 
stop me when I get to the first pick that surprises you or that you disagree with. So number one overall, and of course, they used the draft order from this previous year. So Bengals with the first pick, Broncos with the 15th pick. And the, the goal for each rider was to win a Super Bowl in the next five years. So you can build a team to win right now. You can build a young team that'll be, that'll be hitting their strides um, in five years. That's the goal. So first pick, Patrick Mahomes. Second pick, Russell Wilson. Third pick, Lamar Jackson. Fourth pick, Deshaun Watson. Fifth pick, Aaron Donald. And there's a surprise. Even mm. as great as Aaron Donald is as a player, he's the first non-back on this list. And yep. this is particularly fa- particularly fascinating because – one of the things I'm sure we'll get into when we're talking about quarterbacks is where Jared Goff ends up going. We'll get to that in a little bit. The, if you're trying to win a Super Bowl in the next five years, that's the goal. And so it's all about here and now and maybe the, the medium term beyond that. And quarterbacks are going fast and furious i know this guy wouldn't be your pick but i'm going aaron Rodgers number five and that's fair mace i i I understand that i would have thought aaron donald was the first non-quarterback off the board i honestly would have thought it would be with the broncos pick at at number 15 Mm -hmm. overall number five and and cam wolf uh, cameron wolf with the spn we know him we love him um, he actually put together a pretty good team with his other three picks, so it's hard to disagree, but mm, I would have gone quarterback. I mean, there's only four off the board. You can still get a really darn good one. And one of the guys you mentioned, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with that pick, though, Mace. What's interesting is the quarterback that Cam Wolf ended up getting because what happens is this is sort of like a fantasy draft. We see a run on certain positions, yeah. and – because of the run on quarterbacks happening relatively early, he waited all the way until round three with Miami, and he picked Kirk Cousins as his quarterback in round three. Yeah, which that's I not would bad. say that's good value. Great value. Yeah. So it worked. It worked out for him. But uh, that being said, because the quarterback is the alpha and the omega, I'm going Aaron Rodgers there. Number six, Zach. Ronnie Stanley, no. the offensive tackle, going to the Chargers. Again, that was another one where I thought whoever did that sort of overthought it here. And by the way, the next offensive tackle on this board doesn't go off until the 35th pick. Oh, so almost a full round before. Oh, my goodness. I mean, this is, this is the one where you're in the fantasy draft. You looked at uh, – it was Kevin Seifert who drafted for the Chargers. He's their national NFL writer. And he said he wanted to build the Chargers from the inside out. But, man, he too had Aaron Rodgers sitting on the board. Carson Wentz sitting on the board. A bunch of other quarterbacks we'll get into. And going for Ronnie Stanley where the next tackle doesn't go until early in the next round. Man alive, that was a pick. I that- wouldn't – 
didn't look good when it was made, and it looked even worse once the draft board fell as it did. I wouldn't have done what Cam Wolf did with the Dolphins, picking uh, Aaron Donald at five, but I understand that. I don't get this one at all. I completely disagree. And then the next one, we Mace, you've mentioned a lot of quarterbacks that are still good. The Carolina Panthers at seven, pass on all of them again. This is three non-quarterbacks taken. He's going Joey Bosa at number seven overall. Mace, my question to you is, is that even the Bosa that you're going to choose? Couldn't agree with you more, Zach. It's not that both Bosas aren't <laughs> good players, but Nick's ceiling is stratospheric. Nick Bosa, you could argue the best edge rusher to come through the draft since Von Miller. Yeah. Yeah, he proved it. And you're picking Joey Bosa again. There were some teams or some writers that I think may have overthought this a little bit. The other thing to consider, Zach, they, they, this was a snake draft. So if you picked first you were in the first round, you were picking last in the second round. So this wasn't done like the regular NFL draft. They were doing a snake draft on this one. So for these teams that aren't going quarterback and are passing on quarterbacks, it's a long wait. And that brings us to pick number eight, where the mini run on non-quarterbacks ends and another run on quarterbacks begins. And even though he may only play a couple more years, a perfectly logical pick for the Cardinals taking Drew Brees from the Saints. Yeah, and like you said, perfectly logical. Makes sense. Maybe not everyone agrees with it, but everyone agrees with taking a quarterback there. Then next, oh, man. Head scratcher. Jacksonville Jaguars up. You keep mentioning all these good names of quarterback, Mace, and the Jaguars go Dak Prescott. And I'm scratching my head. Yeah, and again, this is the whole – the goal to win a Super Bowl in the next five years. So I could see the logic if you were thinking 10 years out in maybe going for a Dak Prescott over an Aaron Rodgers, but not five years out. And even though – Carson Wentz has injury concerns. I'm not going Dak Prescott with Carson Wentz on the board. No, I'm not either. I, I completely agree with you. And that mini run at quarterback stops the, the next pick, the Cleveland Browns at 10, going Nick Bosa, and they're laughing all the way to the bank because they got the better brother of the two. Yeah, and somebody who's young as well, of course. That means they too are passing on quarterbacks. And – that's where this changes because, Zach, the next nine selections are quarterbacks. <laughs> yep. So let's go. Jets number 11, they take Carson Wentz. Good pick. The, Raider, the Raiders number 12 taking Aaron Rodgers. See, that would be so easy for you, Zach. <laughs> Aaron yes. Rodgers is a Raider. That would just be perfect for you. It, it would be. That fell right. And in the second round for the Raiders, they get Von Miller, which would not be perfect for, for, for oh, Broncos fans. That's right. And then 13, you have Joe Burrow off Ooh. the board. A guy that's never played an NFL snap, but obviously very talented. That's an interesting one. Yeah, he's never played an NFL snap. And, of course, you are thinking five years out. But – there's a certain somebody that you know and love, Zach, who's still on the board. Mm. And he ends up going number 14. So Tampa Bay, 
ends up going right where he is in reality. And this is the first pick where reality, where the, the mock draft reflects reality with Tom Brady remaining a Buccaneer. And that brings us to the Broncos. And the quarterback run is happening. There are some interesting names still on the list. You still got Matthew Stafford. Jimmy Garoppolo, who just guided his team to an NFC championship and a Super Bowl appearance. Kyler Murray. Boy, I wish RK was on because <laughs> I'd like to see what he thinks if he would take Kyler Murray if he were on if he were on the board here. Matt Ryan, somebody who's been a league MVP and has played at a high level the last couple of years, even as the Falcons around him have struggled. Baker Mayfield, former number one overall pick. Uh, Kirk Cousins, we mentioned, goes much later, and he's been a guy who's been very productive, although the Vikings have not had the team success with him yet. But at number 15, Jeff Legwald of ESPN picking for the Broncos takes true luck. Oh, wow. wow. So for the second pick in a row, this draft re- reflects reality with Tom, of course, being in Tampa Bay. And now Drew staying in Denver. And Mace, you mentioned it. All the names that he was picked above. And the first thing that I thought when I saw this was, holy cow, did the Broncos get a steal in the 2019 draft or what? Because this guy, Drew Locke, went in the 40s when it was only one draft class. Now you're putting every single player in here. So many more people in this draft. And he goes at 15. And what yeah. is he, the, the 10th quarterback taken? Mahomes, Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Drew Brees, Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz, Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow, Tom Brady, Drew Locke. 11th. 11th out of 32, uh, of 32 quarterbacks. 11th. So what you're saying is – is that on this, Drew Locke is right there on the fringe of the top third yep. of, of quarterbacks, quarterbacks in the entire in the league. league. And how he's valued. Wow. And how about this, Mace? He is the first quarterback taken in this draft from the 2019 draft. Kyler Murray's still on the board. Daniel Jones still on the board. Dwayne Haskins still on the board. Of course, in real life, all three taken above Drew Locke. Drew Locke is the first one taken there. He is the, if you put 2020 draft and 2019 draft together, he's the second quarterback taken only behind Joe Burrow. I mean, this is a heck of an endorsement to Drew Locke and Mace coming from Jeff Legwald, who it's not like Jeff Legwald has been on the Drew Locke train uh, since the Broncos drafted him. He's been in very much a wait and see mode and, and Hey, I understand that. I, I think, Mace, the, um, the wait-and-see mode that you're on is totally reasonable. And I would have said before this that Jeff Legwald was on, on even a way more wait-and-see mode than even you are. So the fact that he yeah. went with Drew Locke, man, that's, that's huge. Okay, there's a huge difference between the wait-and-see mode that I've had <laughs> and the wait-and-see mode that Jeff Legwald had because last year – I wanted him to pl- I wanted Drew Locke to play. I wanted him to play as soon as he was healthy because it was important to start finding out about 
what he could do as a quarterback. And important for him to start building that collection of reps to, to build a sample size, accumulate data, start figuring out what he is as a quarterback, who he can be, and whether you can plan around him or not. The Broncos, I would have liked to have seen them start him as soon as the Cleveland game when he was coming off the injury. They waited. But Jeff Legwald was arguing in the media room for a while to not play Drew Locke because he, he, he's, he was arguing for patience. He was arguing for the notion that you could mess him up if you put him out there too soon. So there's a difference between what I'm espousing and what Legwold, Jeff Legwold was espousing because I wanted to get him out there. And I did, And you know what? If, if it was too big for him, then you, you would find out sooner. Well, you found out it wasn't too big for him. You found out that he could learn and grow from the ups and downs that any young quarterback is going to have. So it, it was interesting coming from him. And, uh, I mean, I'm waiting to see on whether he's the guy long-term. I'm not waiting to see as to whether he should be playing. And Jeff Legwald was waiting to see last year until as for whether he should be playing. And yeah. so this is the heck of a, a turnaround here <laughs> in the last eight months or so. Yeah, it, it really is. So, Mace, I have to ask, do you agree with this? Is this – what you would have done is this a good move it's a potentially brilliant move you are gambling on the potential of drew lock and whether he can achieve that that being said i think it's maybe a better pick for 10 years than than five years for winning a super bowl in the next five years i'm probably going matt ryan okay Who's who, come who close, next. right? And Atlanta ends up picking him. So yeah, this was actually the middle of a three-pick run of teams selecting quarterbacks that they already have in real life because it went Tom Brady, Drew Locke, Matt Ryan to Tampa Bay, Denver, and Atlanta. I would have gone Matt Ryan here, and okay. part of it is while Matt Ryan was at his most spectacular. MVP level back in 2016 when he had Kyle Shanahan calling his plays he's still been a very good quarterback pushing borderline elite status the last couple of years even though the Falcons have struggled their defense has been a sieve but then we saw down the stretch last year when the Falcons had a competent defense to partner with Matt Ryan Julio Jones Calvin Ridley and everyone on the offensive side that down the stretch last year in the second half of the season the Falcons were a good team they were they were showing signs of getting back to where they were in 2016 they're an interesting sleeper candidate as a team this year and you know that Matt you know that Matt Ryan is going to deliver very good to high level quarterbacking play and I could easily see the Falcons in the next few years breaking through and getting that title for Matt Ryan which is really kind of Believe it or not, if they get a title with Matt Ryan, you're probably talking about him having a Hall, Hall of Fame case. I know that sounds crazy to some people, but the rep, but the the career play, the MVP, the overall level of accomplishment is pretty good for him. And going into year 13, with the way quarterbacks are aging, Matt Ryan should have four to five good years left in him. That's why Matt Ryan's my call here. 
Yeah, and and I think I think you're totally justified. I personally, if it's between Drew and Matt, give me Drew. I just uh, I I'm not on an Aaron Rodgers type of level with Matt Ryan. He just doesn't he doesn't have the the sexy to me. But I totally understand what you're saying, Mace. When I go through this this list, the rest of the first round, I'm just I'm flabbergasted at the at the talent there, and that Drew Locke went above. A lot of these guys. So you have Matt Ryan, the next pick. Then you have Kyler Murray, the number one overall pick in the same draft that Drew Locke was. And, and Kyler has not been a disappointment at all. Then you have Teddy no. Bridgewater, uh, another first-round pick. Jimmy Garoppolo, like you said, the guy that was just in the Super Bowl. Baker Mayfield, the number one overall pick the year before uh, Drew Locke. Then you have Sam Darnold, who was picked in, in the top five a year before Drew. Ryan Tannehill, a guy that was just in the AFC Championship game. Uh, Matthew Stafford, of course, a former number one overall pick. Then Tua going at 30. Man, this is this is maybe just the one that I would disagree with. I may go Tua before any of these guys leading up to the, the Denver pick. Um, and that that rounds out the first round of quarterbacks. But maybe to me it really does come down between Tua and Drew Locke at 15. Yeah, you're kind of leaning on – we're all kind of leaning on what we thought of quarterbacks, not only in the last couple of years, but what the, we thought of them coming into the process when we're talking about younger quarterbacks. Because, for example, I said I would pick Matt Ryan over Drew Locke. I'd probably pick Kyler Murray over Drew Locke too. Yeah, that's fair. I would not pick Teddy Bridgewater over Drew Locke. I think no. – uh, Bridgewater, what he did last year, a little bit of the product, a product of the system and uh, could be coming back to earth a little bit in Carolina. I wouldn't pick Jimmy Garoppolo ahead, Drew Locke. Heck no. I would pick Baker Mayfield. And even though Mayfield struggled last year, again, this is kind of, I'm leaning a little bit more on what I thought of them in college as well. I think Mayfield with a more stable environment around him in Cleveland this year, I think Mayfield shows what he is. And I think so, too. I think he has a good a, year. That's going to be a quarterback who eventually settles in the top half of, of NFL quarterbacks. I'm definitely going lock over Sam Darnold. I'm definitely going lock over Ryan Tannehill. I'm even going lock over Matthew Stafford. Two is the Me interesting too. one. Two is the interesting one because – I'm kind of with you. I love Tua Tagovailoa as a prospect. Yeah. And uh, actually, it, <laughs> but here's what's interesting. Would you take Drew Locke over Joe Burrow? Ooh, they're very similar in my mind in terms of comps. Um, and gosh, I haven't thought about Joe Burrow much just since he was the number one overall pick. I, I guess you, you probably do. You probably go Joe Burrow. You probably have to, but uh, – it's intriguing. If you could tell me Tua was going to be healthy, I'd have to go Tua, but we don't, yeah. but we don't know that. And that's right. part of the deal with Tua Tagovailoa is the concern about his health. If put it this way, if you're taking Tua, then your next pick has to be an offensive tackle, right? Because you've <laughs> got to build a wall in front of him to make sure he stays upright. Yeah, yeah, you, you certainly do. And Mace, that's exactly what the Packers did. They, in the first round, they went Tua. In the second round, they went David Bakhtiari. <laughs> yep. 
All right, so let's just go do some other highlights here because quarterback is the most fascinating position of this. Yep. And 32 quarterbacks are taken over the course of, of the four rounds. Of course, Drew Locke goes number 11 among the quarterbacks. So then Brian 12, Murray 13, 14, 15, 16. 20 quarterbacks go in round one. So okay. Tua is already considered, at least in this exercise, a top 20 quarterback. Yep, as he should. Cam Newton is the next one off. He's the first quarterback off in round two. Mm. So he's quarterback 21. Quarterback 22 is Josh Allen. And another example of the drafting team taking the real-life quarterback, the Buffalo Bills, go Josh Allen. Quarterback 23 is Justin Herbert going to Cleveland. Oh, man. (laughs) And then the next mini run on quarterbacks, top of round three, 24, 25, and 26 among quarterbacks are Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones, and Jarrett Stidham. And so can you tell me which two quarterbacks have started in Super Bowls and are still on the list, still available? Um, Is Ben Roethlisberger one of them? Yes. Ben Roethlisberger and another quarterback that started. Can I get another hint? Another hint. Well, the team that takes him in this fantasy draft is the team that has him in real life. Oh, okay. That's a good one. Um, It's got to be the NFC. And, uh, oh, is it Cam Newton? No, because Cam's already oh, gone. He, he's gone. Okay. Cam Newton, with all his injuries, hasn't been healthy in the last couple of years, goes, be, goes well before Jared Goff, who is. Wow. Jared Goff. Wow. Jared Goff is the 27th quarterback off the board. Wow. Wow. And he is the highest paid quarterback too, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> How about that? That is so, damning. And so then you have Derek Carr, Ben Roethlisberger, Jameis Winston, mm. Tyrod Taylor, and who is the last quarterback taken in this oh. exercise? I mean, if Jared Stidham was already taken, I have no idea. Philip Rivers! Oh, yes! Great value there. <laughs> Philip Rivers is QB 32 on wow. this. Wow. He goes at pick 105. So, literally, he goes 34 picks behind Jarrett Stidham. So that is, that is incredible. And, and uh, 90 picks behind Drew Locke. Think about that. Wow. Philip Rivers goes 90 picks behind Drew Locke. Of course... While I don't believe in the quarterback win stat, when the two teams led by Drew Locke and Philip Rivers went head-to-head. Yeah. Back in December, head-to-head. Yeah. yeah. Drew Locke's it, team came out victorious. Mace, this makes me scratch my head. If Cam Newton's going so high, at least compared to some of these other quarterbacks that are literally starting in the NFL right now, where's the disconnect with Cam Newton? Is he asking way too much right now? Do teams just really view him as done while reporters and writers are viewing him as just this MVP Super Bowl type quarterback? I mean, that's that's head scratching to me. It's head scratching, but now Cam Newton is at the point where he's just 
waiting for a quarterback to be hurt. Mm, yep. That, that's his best shot is to just right now sit there. I was asked yesterday who gets signed first, Jadavian Clowney or Cam Newton. It's going to be Clowney because the nature of quarterback, it's really kind of all or nothing whether you're starting or, or playing very little. Right. If you're Cam Newton, the best play is to just sit and wait for somebody to get hurt. Yeah. Because that's probably going to be the best spot. Let's, I mean, knock on wood, touch wood. God forbid something happens to Drew Locke in August. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he gets hit wrong. He goes down. Your, your first call is going to be to Cam Newton, right? Just to see what he's got, to see if he's healthy. Yeah. You're not, it, you're not especially you're, early in the season. And especially with Mike Shula as your quarterback coach. Right. Who's coach Cam Newton. You're not serious. If something happens to Drew Locke and Cam Newton is, is on the market, you're not seriously going to go with Jeff Driscoll. No. You, no. you got you to sign Cam and see, what he, see if he has anything. I would think. And that's what Cam at this point should be waiting for, is a quarterback to go down and coming to the rescue. And then that team just crosses its fingers and hopes that he's healthy because we've seen what Cam not healthy looks like the last couple of years. And it's disastrous. It looks nothing like the Cam Newton that we – knew from decade from earlier in the decade the cam newton that was the league mvp the cam newton that was one of the top eight quarterbacks in football well and and also with cam he knows that that situation you're talking about mace maybe not with drew lock but with a quarterback in the league it's going to happen it's only a matter of time because uh didn't like over half the league start a backup last year because of quarterback injuries quarterback injuries happen more and more as the years go on so cam knows that that's going to happen so it, it's probably a smart play for him to do that it's actually a six-year trend over the last six years half just over half the teams have had to turn to their backup quarterback for meaningful rep reps in games at some point during the season not wow. necessarily starting but coming off the bench and having to play in high leverage situations i'm ruling out the games where you're ahead by a ton or behind by a ton and you're putting your back up in just uh, for some garbage time work. So there's a 50, 50 chance you're going to have to turn to that backup at, at some point. Now, the, I, I think the interesting thing here is Cam Newton. I acknowledge the injury risk. I would go with Josh Allen over the Cam Newton injury risk in terms of this ESPN fantasy draft exercise. Yeah. I would go with Kirk Cousins over the Cam Newton injury risk, Daniel Jones, even uh, Jared Goff, and then certainly Derek Carr, Ben Roethlisberger, Jameis Winston, which, which is why Cam Newton going where he went, even though it's not particularly high, it's still very interesting. Yeah, I got to say, I'm surprised that Ben Roethlisberger fell so far, but Mace, we, we've kind of picked injury apart. Injury risk. Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, it's but true. it's the same thing as Cam. You don't and you don't know whether he's going to be healthy. Now with Cam, we've seen how he's played when he's not healthy, and it's been bad. But right. we haven't seen Big Ben play without the benefit of of good health. So we really don't know. But what we know on on Roethlisberger is he's coming off a significant arm injury, and he's going into his seventeenth season. So for purposes of this exercise win a Super Bowl in the next five years, 
you have someone with an elbow problem, does he last for those five years? Right. Probably yeah. not. Yeah. Now for the Broncos, I hate them playing Ben Roethlisberger so early in the season. I hate the fact that they're going to go to Pittsburgh in week two mm-hmm. when it ought to be an emotional day for the Steelers and Big Ben getting him back out there for his first home game. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's a really good point. And, and Mace, we did a good job of picking this apart, saying what we would have done different. So to, to wrap this up, I'm going to put you as a general manager. What is your approach to something like this? How are you approaching it? Okay, it depends where I'm picking. Because if I'm picking anywhere in the first 18 picks, I'm going quarterback first. After that, because the run happens early, I'm probably going for talented player. So let's say I'm picking where the, uh, the Buffalo Bills selected at 22. Okay. They came out of those first two rounds with Michael Thomas and Josh Allen. I think on the, in terms of two good foundational offensive pieces – it's hard to do better than that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is hard, hard to do better than that. And Mace, I agree with you. If I'm maybe not, maybe not all the way to 18, if I'm in the top 13, I'm definitely choosing a quarterback because I, I think I can get an elite quarterback, whether that quarterback's elite right now or will be elite, like, like a Tua, like a Drew Locke okay. potentially. Uh, I'm doing that. But then after those I'm not picking a quarterback early just to pick a quarterback. And one of the moves that I like the least in this draft is Jared Stidham in the third mm. round. And I absolutely hate that. I mean, you can get a top player still. And now in this draft, everyone was forced to take a quarterback at some point. So if I don't get a good quarterback, I'm not just taking a quarterback in the third round. I'm waiting till the fourth round. Uh, and, and just getting someone because you know what? Get all the talent at the beginning of the draft. Um, don't reach on a quarterback in this draft. And then you get Trevor Lawrence next year. Your window is only four years to win a Super Bowl. But, hey, that, that's better than Jared Stidham in the third round instead of a stud, um, it, it's, instead of getting another stud in the draft. Yeah, I mean, I look at some of the picks that went right after that. You know, you've got uh, A.J. Green, talented player, but injury concerns. But Juju Smith-Schuster, Chris Godwin, Bradley Chubb yeah. are three picks in the first four. Quentin Nelson, a guard, yes, but someone who's a Hall of Fame caliber player goes six picks after Jarrett Stidham. Chris Jones, we love Chris Jones. Yeah, We love him. He's a chief. He drives you crazy if you're going against him, but I think all of us love ourselves some Chris Jones on this podcast. And he goes seven picks after yeah. Jared Stidham. Another pick, I, I, another one I want to go back to, go to the second round. Okay. Jeff Legwald picking for the Broncos has them taking Travis Kelsey, tight end from the Chiefs. Only three tight ends go in this entire four-round draft. Wow. And so what's interesting is that he takes Travis Kelsey. Four picks later, Von Miller is selected Ooh. by the Raiders. Ooh. And that 
kind of goes back to to positional value. What's uh-huh. more important, a tight end or an edge rusher? Ooh. I think everyone's going to say the, the pass rusher, right? And there are some really good edges that go off in this range here because after a few picks after Von Miller, you have Daniil Hunter. The Jaguars take him in this exercise. Chandler Jones, same team as Reality, Arizona Cardinals. DeForest Buckner going to Carolina in this exercise. The Giants taking Yannick Ngakwe. And then Shaq Barrett and Josh Allen closing out the round. The edge rush for Josh Allen with the Jaguars. And Shaq Barrett, who just went off the chain last year. Man, I would have gone – and sitting there at 50, as good a player as Travis Kelsey is, as dynamic a weapon, weapon as he is for this exercise, I'm going Shaq Barrett or Von Miller or Chandler Jones. Yeah. I'm well, not, isn't I'm not and, and actually, I mean, I'm thinking long and hard with all respect to Von Miller because we're thinking five years out. I'm thinking long and hard about Shaq Barrett. <laughs> and how about that? That is wild to just see how much – uh, how much improvement Shaq had last year and just how much he jumped onto the scene to have that. It's truly incredible. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's any player in football whose success last year I was happier for more than that of Shaq Barrett. No, without tremendous, a doubt. Tremendous human being, tremendous player. And uh, when I buy my next Buck jersey, I'm going to be proud to – buy a Shaq Barrett jersey. <laughs> yes, they need to pay him. Mace, that was an absolute blast. And speaking of absolute blasts, DraftKings Sportsbook has so much fun on their website, on their app. There's so many things that can keep you entertained from the daily plays to KBO to anything that's going on in sports you can bet on at DraftKings Sportsbook. And guys, one of the things that's back is golf. And this weekend, we have a full weekend ahead of us with golf. And even though the trophy is reserved for the winner, the big cash winnings don't have to be. The excitement is at DraftKings Sportsbook, which is America's top-rated sportsbook. And, guys, you can be in the center of the action with a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. And, guys, sports are back this weekend. So make sure you get in on this week's tournament at DraftKings Sportsbook. So head to the app right now and check out all they have to offer, including player props, day-to-day action, and even hole-by-hole live betting this weekend. I mean, you can be super involved with golf this weekend. And it's safe, secure, and reliable betting because they are based in the United States. It's not an offshore thing going on. And to top it off, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering special odds boosts and promotions throughout the weekend, so make sure you keep checking in with them. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code DNVR when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can have a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. So don't forget, enter the code DNVR and get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit, deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Muted! You're muted! What, you didn't want to hear Looney Tunes in the background? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right. If you do win over at DraftKings, you're going to want to celebrate. What better way to celebrate than with our partners over at Breckenridge Brewery 
Of course, it's the official beer of DNVR. Of course, you support our partners. You're supporting us during this crazy time. Now, we've talked to you about the 15-can sample. You can go out and get that at a local store. You can get that through Breck Brewery directly and, and go and pick it up if you're in the Denver area. You can even find it through Drizzly, get delivered to you, wherever you are in the country, by the way, though. If you want to find out where you can get those Breck Brews, Avalanche Beer, Colorado Core, Strawberry Sky, and more, go to the Breck Beer Locator on the Breck Brew website. But if you're in the Denver area, you don't just have Breck Brew. You've got the Farmhouse, which is the fantastic restaurant over at Breckenridge Brewery's facility down in Littleton. If you use the code DNVR, you can get $5 off your meal and go pick it up. It's a it's completely safe pickup down there, so you can get a great meal from the farmhouse. You can get some Breck Brews. Call 303-803-1380 from noon to 8 p.m. for pickup, and they'll bring that order right out to your car. You're going to be good to go. Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DMVR and the farmhouse, a truly outstanding restaurant. You're not going to find better pub grub type of food and more in the Denver area than down at the farmhouse. And Mace, the farmhouse has some very good mustard as well that you can put on their food. And speaking of mustard. Real mustard. <laughs> Real mustard, not well, yellow that's true. mustard. Well, that's true. And speaking of that, let's jump into the comment section. First one coming in from T Meeks. Hey, gang, had to chime in on the mustard debate. I was so-so on mustard until my girlfriend recently turned me on to adding mustard on popcorn. And it's amazing. Don't knock it till you try it. What do you Interesting. think of mustard on popcorn? Okay. It, it, you know what? I'm intrigued by that. Now, the thing is you want to make sure that you get just the right amount because I would think too much of it would overwhelm the, the popcorn because I sometimes like to put um, some, you know, some, some red pepper or something from the spice drawer on it. Now, one of the things, have you ever heard of Coleman's mustard, Zach? No, I haven't. Coleman's mustard, it's English. It's very hot mustard, but you can buy it kind of as a, uh, as a spice and not just as, like a, a jar of mustard. So maybe if you just kind of lightly have some Coleman's spice kind of spread on the mm. popcorn. Mm. I could go for that. That sounds good. Spicy oh. mustard. I totally agree. And Mace, I, I'm with you. You don't hate mustard. You just don't like the cheap yellow mustard i mean uh -huh. i'll eat the cheap yellow mustard but i'm you know if i have the choice i'm sure certainly choosing the dijon and and seed and stuff i i'm taking the fancy stuff a hundred percent but this this mustard on popcorn to me just sounds like you might as well be just eating mustard off of a spoon it just sounds like the popcorn is a transportation device for the mustard if you're a mustard enthusiast, maybe that's not the worst thing in the world, though, to defend what Team Meeks is saying. But it's I think, true. you know what? I think it's this is, this is an interesting idea. I'm not I'm not dismissing it. I'm I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try this sometime. I think okay, it's maybe, worth a shot. Maybe you're not as big of a mustard monster as we thought. I'm just I just have <laughs> standards on mustard. I don't like the bright yellow mustard. I think it's. <laughs> You know, I, I have, I mean, I have like three other jars of mustard in my fridge right now. I, I am a mustard enthusiast. I just, again, I, I like honey mustard. Mm. And if we're going to talk about a football connection here, maybe there, we can get some Ed McCaffrey's Rocky Mountain honey mustard. I think they still sell oh. that over. The yeah. Yeah, they do. Man, I could go. I love honey mustard. And, and they've had Is that it even for a mustard, long time. Though? 
Honey mustard? Yeah. Um, it just tastes so good, but I do like mustard, so I it, guess it would make sense. It's, I would say because it has a mustard base, you're calling it mustard, although it's not in the traditional sense. And also, I can't believe I haven't talked about this, but one of my favorite kinds of barbecue sauces, the South Carolina mustard-based barbecue sauce. That's true. You, you have it's talked tremendous. about that. Yeah. Yeah. So mustard, I... Hey, I am I'm pro mustard. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Breck oh. Drew coming in says, I commented on the wrong pod last week. So here's my comment. Hey guys, while we wait for things to ramp up again, I thought it'd be cool if y'all every once in a while took a chapter topic or event from Mace's book on the Broncos and discuss it and educate us. Ooh, that's actually not a bad idea. Probably not yeah. a bad idea for some for some written content as well to take some excerpts and uh, go back actually one of the things i'm working on um i have a library of hundreds of old bronco games because people post them on youtube and then they get taken down so what happens is if i see an old bronco game or an old bucks game or old nfl game or an old basketball game that i like what i will do is i will use a little add-on that I have on Firefox on my laptop to download it. And so I, the last couple of weeks, I've started trying to organize all these games on my external hard drive. And I got hundreds of them. So maybe I just need to kind of go, go back to an old game. Say, okay, we did, sort of like what we did with DMVR watches, but just do a story on it. Say, okay, today I, I am going to go watch a – 1978 game between the Broncos and Raiders at Oakland Coliseum, Alameda County Coliseum. Mm. Yeah. I would love football. That, that'd be fun. I think I might have to, I'm, I think I might have to do that. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that's a, that's a fantastic idea coming in from Breck Drew. I love it. Yeah. So Breck Drew, appreciate it, man. I think that's a, I think you're, 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 Getting us thinking here. We always like uh, the comments that uh, get them get the mind working, get ideas rolling. Oklahoma Bronco fifty eight. I saw Drew Lock trending today on Twitter and got very scared that our beloved HCL. I hope you get this. Uh, you guys get this. I'm sorry, I don't. I don't get it either. You we, you probably have the wrong oh, guy not on the pod today. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I mean. <laughs> I mean, I look up HCL on Google and I get hydrogen chloride. Yeah, or, software or company. HCL Technologies. <laughs> I agree. All right, and then this is where I go and say, okay, I hate to do this, but Urban Dictionary? That's got to be it. Um, Urban Dictionary, HCL, hardware-level communication. The theory of which a program written in a high-level language is compiled and transformed in an intermediate language Language is in the basic form of zeros and ones. Man, I was not expecting that from Urban Dictionary. <laughs> I certainly wasn't either. <laughs> wow. Like, wow. This day is full of surprises. It certainly is. <laughs> anyway, so back to what Oklahoma Bronco 58 was saying. Saw that Drew Locke was trending on Twitter and was scared that he said something insensitive, but alas, it was just an ESPN clip that had the Broncos taking him at 15 among all active players in the league. I saw something recently that I got a chuckle out of. It said, every day Twitter has one main character, and the goal is to never be that person. <laughs> Have a blessed day, folks, and stay cool out there. It's hotter than a hoochie-coochie, as the great Alan Jackson would say, here in Oklahoma. <laughs> way down yonder on the Chattahoochee. 
It gets hotter than a hoochie-coochie. <laughs> well, I guess we got no hoochie-coochies here in Denver today since it is nice and cool. You may even say cold here, so we'll enjoy that for one day while you are sweating it out there in Oklahoma, Oklahoma Bronco. 66 degrees for the high temperature here in Denver today. Oof, man, a little chill, a little chill. Girth Daddy coming in. Gents, just wanted to give Super Bowl and a shout-out for stepping up and creating a Madden League much better than the Xbox League could ever dream of. Also, wanted to shout-out my gracious opponent, the Big Tabowski, for whom I just played in our wildcard round. This community is awesome, and it feels good to be a part of something so much bigger than any of us individually. Girth Daddy out, a.k.a. Cody T, a.k.a. Joe and Aurora, a.k.a. Wilma F. I love it, <laughs> Girth Daddy. Thanks for chiming in. And, boy, speaking of the Madden League, Nace, I was introduced to the Madden League yesterday in a not very kind way from our owner and CEO, Brandon Spano. He spanked me. Man, did he get me good, but... I got to blame it all on my team. My team, no, first give credit to Brandon. He actually had a heck of a game. His team is really good, and he's a really good Madden player. But, man, my team is terrible. I understand why, uh, why my team was left to dry, and I had to come swoop in and save them. We're, we're in a serious, serious rebuild here, Mace. I mean, Jalen Hurts, Roll Tide, I, lo- I love him uh, as a person. And as a college football player, for sure. And I do like him in, in the pros. But in Madden, oh, my gosh. He was so un- inaccurate. Oh. It was brutal. So it's not my fault, right? Wait, how did the team that you inherited end up with Jalen Hurts? Who was their quarterback originally? I don't know. I, I inherited a 1-5 Falcons team that had Jalen Hurts as their quarterback. And I don't know who their quarterback was before. All I know is they were 1-5. and five and now we're one and six. They, oi, well, <laughs> man. So, so I'm, uh, you know, we, we, we don't. They traded Matt Ryan. I'm sorry. That's, that just well, doesn't we, seem logical. We, uh, we, we can't intentionally tank, but I don't think it's going to be too hard for me to be tanking for Trevor, and Trevor Lawrence is who I have my eyes on. All righty, well, if that is your endeavor, I hope you succeed in taking <laughs> So your endeavor is to tank for Trevor? Yes. I need another my... Ryan beyond that. <laughs> your endeavor to tank for Trevor? Trevor, birds of a feather, feather flock together. I wow, that's, that's beautiful since I'm the Falcons. <laughs> oh, that's – oh, man, Falcons of a feather. See, this, this is how poetry happens. I mean, oh, right. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll guess I'll just go become the next Carl Sandberg or Robert Frost here. Anyway, <laughs> Count Locula, best and worst free agent signings of the Elway era, not named PFM. Okay, for me, this is easy on this is relatively easy on both sides. Um, the best free agent signing, other than John Elway, or other than Peyton Manning, <laughs> you just pulled the John Elway. John Elway yeah. thanking himself. <laughs> I like to start by thanking John Elway. <laughs> <laughs> That's so what John Elway would do. John, what's the best free agent signing you've had outside of Peyton Manning? And he'd say, outside of signing John Elway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it, to me, it's got to be a key to leave. Yes, you signed him to a six-year contract. And basically, it was pay as you go, and 
you could have gotten two years out of him. And if it hadn't worked out, it would have been fairly minimal cap disruption. But he played so well that he had four stellar years for you. And then they traded him. And I tipped my cap to Akeem Tlaib because that was a six-year contract that nobody expected him to see the end of. And it turned out that he did. He played out the full contract. He, to me, is a slam dunk ring of famer. If John Lynch is a ring of famer, four Pro Bowls in four seasons, Akeem Tlaib did the same thing. He's got to be a ring of famer, a linchpin of that no-fly zone. Really, uh, you could say that in a lot, of the, a lot of the ways, he was the heart of the no-fly zone or the swagger of the no-fly zone. Yeah, Akeem Tlaib, man, that's – that's someone who's going to be in legitimate conversation for the Hall of Fame as well. And the Broncos got his best seasons. Great signing for John Elway. Fantastic. The- and may something that you also have to throw on that um, and give John Elway credit for is Dominic Rogers Camardi was coming off mm-hmm. a very good season the year before that um, right. and wanted to be paid. And he was going to get a lot of money. And John Elway, it's seen now you, you were probably more involved with this than I was, Mace, because I wasn't covering the team, but it seemed like the Broncos were open to getting something done with DRC. And then his price tag was just too high. And John kind of took a step back and said, wait, if I'm spending this type of money, let me go get someone better than you. And he did that. Mm-hmm. But there was kind of a gamble there because of, you know, you had something good in-house. Why, why would you move on from that and bring something else in? And it turned out to, to be absolutely without a question, not just the right move, but a mm-hmm. fantastic move. Yeah, now the thing with DRC, you could see why the Broncos probably didn't want to go over a certain amount because one of the things I'll always remember about the Super Bowl week leading to Super Bowl 48 was that DRC had to walk back comments where he said, hey, I might retire after this game. And (laughs) no, 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 I'm not. But stuff like that sort of gave you a little bit of pause when you were evaluating DRC and probably contributed to what the Broncos wanted to offer. And then when the offer, when the amount became too great, Elway said, okay, we'll go to the next guy. And yep. it turned out it was a keep to leave. Now the worst free agent signing, you know what? At this time next year, we could be saying this is Juwan James if he does not play this year. Easily. But right but right now, I'm going with Menelik Watson. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And Mesa, I was going to go a similar direction. I was gonna say choose any tackle that the Broncos have signed to try to just fill that. You can go Donald Stevenson, you can go Menelik Watson, you can go Russell Okung, you could go Juwan James as of right now. I mean, this is we're talking oh. like one position right here. And they've all been swings and terrible misses. Okung actually was a hit. Okung was solid. Okung did well, what you expected true. him to do. The, the thing that the Broncos got in trouble with is, frankly, they should have found a way to re-sign him right. in 2017 because that led to Garrett Bowles. Well, and, man, I appreciate that Okung represented himself as a player agent. That contract was brutal for him. The Broncos dangled, what, like a four-year, uh, $48 million extension 
in front of him mm-hmm. to in order for him to play for really cheap on the first year and the Broncos were never going to take that and my guess is when he realized the Broncos weren't going to pick that option up uh, mm-hmm. that he said well they lied to me I'm not I'm not going to sign with them for for any cost oh you're muted <laughs> we want to hear that voice face Hip, hip, hooray. Mace, 100% agreement on mustard. Not a fan whatsoever of the processed mustard. My opinion is the same with pickles. We'll not get the pickles on any fast food or fast casual burger or sandwich. Anyways, now that I know your take on mustard, what about hot sauce? Admittedly, I put that stuff on everything. My favorite hot sauce of all time is called Gator Hammock. Made in Florida, it's amazing. Hard to find sometimes, but 100% worth it. Take care and God bless. I'll have to take a look look at that. (laughs) P.S. Can I get a... 75 good time's sake <laughs> there we go i love it <laughs> and charlotte even gave us 75 too right here love he's it. actually on these shoes called heelys that have roller skates built in skating oh, around those are yeah, the see? those are the most fun shoes ever <laughs> yes oh man and i gotta i gotta tell you what um pickles it reminds me my aunt worked at a pickle factory to get to herself through college up in Michigan a a, a while ago. And she won't tell me why, but she says she will never eat relish because she knows what relish, where relish comes from being in a pickle factory. Ah, Oh, okay. (laughs) Interesting. I kind of like relish. So, Oh, I love relish. Anyway, on the hot sauce, I need to expand my horizons a little bit because I just tend to use uh, some Tabasco sauce, like on eggs and things like that. So, or some Cholula sauce from Mexico. So I'm going to have to try that gator hammock. I I need to become a little bit more of a hot sauce connoisseur. If you like uh, spicy, spicy hot sauces. Now this is coming from a wimp at hot sauces, but Mm -hmm. uh, Yucateco is, man, it is good. It packs a punch though. So hip, hip, you Ray, try that one out if you haven't yet. Yeah. Buck Devil coming in. My boys, first for Mace. You are correct about childhood loyalties being tough to shake. However, when my Arizona State Sun Devils must meet the Colorado Buffaloes on the field of battle, I'm always pulling for the old maroon and gold. Four years of the blazing heat really bakes the fandom into you. I can see that. Next for RK, being able to stream all my Colorado teams was a big reason why leaving Colorado wasn't as big of a part of a deal to me. I love the time and all the people I met in Arizona, but now I'm back home. I appreciate it more than ever. Oh, and Boulder High sucks. Go Knights. Zach, have you ever told us your favorite ice cream flavor? My number one is Moose Tracks, with strawberry is a close number two. I'll think up some sort of sign-off soon. Buff Devil. Oh, man, I, I, uh, I love that one, Buff Devil. And I think I have disclosed my favorite ice cream flavors before, but I'll do it again because I'm not ashamed of it. Number one, cotton candy. Oh, man, cotton candy so good. Number two, along those similar lines, bubble gum. And don't come here being like all on your high horse that you're, you know, over, that you're not a teenager or a kid anymore. Those two ice cream flavors are absolutely delicious. But, man, I really like any ice cream flavor. Strawberry is a, is a really good under-the-radar one. But if I'm going for an everyday ice cream flavor, coffee every single time give me coffee. strawberry yeah strawberry is a good go-to and yeah. good reliable one i love mint chocolate chip i love almost anything with peanut butter 
Oh, oh I had this. I had this peanut butter chocolate uh, ice cream that my wife picked up from Whole Foods a few weeks back. That was just tremendous. Oh boy, I don't need that, but it's so tasty. <laughs> oh man, Vuki, my boys. I love how everyone <laughs> leans into that. <laughs> I love it too. Did you? Did you guys ever get around to trying Vegemite? If not, let me know and I can sense them over. We haven't yet. I, I've, yeah, I've put that off a little bit. So it's still on my list of things to try. She just smiled and gave me a Vegemite sandwich. <laughs> I come from the Also, does RK or Mace want a Brisbane Broncos jersey? I have an old jersey I could sing your way. Keep up the awesome pod, guys. I look forward to listening during work in the land down under. I think RK probably is up for it. I'm still trying to figure out which which NRL team I'm going to support. By the way, my pick last week of the Gold Coast Titans continuing their losing streak was wrong. They got their oh, first no. win in 364 days oh, last no. week. So maybe I, I, might, I might have to – I don't know. There's something about picking up a team when they're down. And yeah. I don't I, – I really take uh, pity and have empathy – for sides that are struggling. Maybe I'll become a gold to coast Titans fan. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm still weighing it. I'm, I'm, I'm still wa- watching the NRL to kind of get a feel for which team I'm going to support here. So hang in there. Maybe it'll be Brisbane Broncos, but it might be somebody else. There we go. And, and Vuki, don't, uh, don't worry about me. I don't, I don't uh, want a Brisbane Bronco Jersey anyway. So thanks for not asking as I wipe the tears off my face right now, but for not being included, but uh, it's okay. It's okay. But what is definitely okay is Denver Rubber Company. Guys, if you need any rubber products made, make sure to check out Denver Rubber Company because they're the most reliable local partner for your long-term needs. Whether you want a bulk order, whether you want a custom order, Denver Rubber Company can do it all. And guys, they're helping out industries such as medical, military, defense, government, wind energy, food and beverage industries. They've been around since 1972. Any job you have, they can do, and they're the absolute best at what they do. They're family-owned, and they're die-hard Denver sports fans. So please give Denver, Denver Rubber Company a call at 1-800-259-0010 or check them out at drcfirst.com slash dnvr. That's Denver Rubber Company at 1-800-259-0010 and drcfirst.com slash dnvr. Yes, and of course, if you have to get some liquor, you can burn rubber and get over <laughs> to our friends over at Davidson's Liquors. Of course, they have two locations in Centennial and Highlands Ranch. Locally owned, and they have an incredible selection with our personal favorite, those wonderful Breckenridge brews, and the staff is incredibly knowledgeable. Their sales floor is up and running. Now, if you want delivery, they've got that for you. If you want to pick it up and have it brought to your car, they've got that for you. Davidson's has an incredible app that you can download to take care of all your needs. And of course, on that app, you can get incredible deals. You can sign up for their loyalty program and you can get daily specials there. So whether you want to go curbside delivery or curbside pickup, pardon me, or if you want delivery to your house, or if you want to go to their sales floor, you can take advantage of that. 
I have done curbside pickup and I've been on their sales floor. It is a very safe environment. They've got, they're limiting the number of customers who can go into the store, making sure everybody keeps social distancing. Everyone's got masks on. And of course, that staff, superb and friendly. If, the, if you go down there or if you go on their app and you see and there's something you want that's not on there, talk to them and they will do their darndest to make sure they take care of you. Davidson's in Centennial and Highlands Ranch Remember, supporting our partners is supporting us. So why don't you go patronize Davidson's and get some of those Breck brews that we love because you know what? That's supporting two groups of people that we love tremendously that support all of us here at DMVR. Davidson's, Centennial and Highlands Ranch. Super Bowl, Bolin, chiming in, giving us an update on one of the Madden Lees. He says, let me start off by saying a big thank you to Ben G and the LA Chargers. That's how you finish a game. The first round of the playoffs is in the books, and boy, was it action-packed. RK's Kyler Murray was silenced. Mark Ingram was unleashed. Joey Bosa became the best friends with Derek Carr, and, of course, Nick Foles did it again. The last prize for Wild Card will be ordered today, and then go on to the divisional round. Some juicy matchups this week. Aaron Donald, the sack record king, sets his sights on Teddy Bridgewater in a showdown between the Detroit Lions and Green Bay Packers. Atlanta Falcons' Calvin Ridley will need to have his best game to date against maybe his toughest challenge yet, a Washington Deadskins top-five scoring defense led by Stephon Gilmore. The Titans, led by human joystick Saquon Barkley, look to put Joey Bosa and the rest of the Jaguars' defense back in their place in a matchup the two uh, – in a matchup that has two divisional rivals squaring off for the third time in a split series. And last, we have Philip Lindsay and the Baltimore Ravens squaring off against yours truly in the Denver Broncos. Coming fresh off of Broncos by, uh, the defense has some dogs like Fletcher Cox, Vonster, and Earl Thomas are ready to make some heads roll. Oh, man, that sounds fun. Super Bowl and enjoy that. Good luck to everyone involved. And, man, those teams sound like they have way more talent than my Atlanta Falcons. That's why they're one and six. Of course, it can't be me, right? All right, next one coming in here from Samuel B. Sue. Hey, guys, I hope all is well with you and your families. It is really becoming palpable the kind of people and leaders the Broncos have been drafting, trading for, or bringing in free agency. This kind of leadership is very important for a team on the field, but is 100 times more important for the community. I'm proud today to call myself a Broncos fan and a member of the DNVR family. Oh man, Samuel, that's, that means so much. And you are a huge, awesome, awesome part of this family. And we thank you for everything that you bring and that you've brought to this community. Yeah. Thanks for, for everything. All of you that, that join us every day, uh, bring to our community. And, um, yeah, it's funny. Cause I was just putting the finishing touches on a piece on Justin Simmons and, uh, uh Simmons is sort of the, at least this week, he's uh, one of the primary examples of the type of people the Broncos have brought in uh, that not only help uh, the team, but help the community and uh, have a huge presence and uh, uh, make Denver a better place, make Broncos country a better place. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of a theme of uh, of the Broncos right now. Naderade, any updates on Callahan or Jawan James recoveries? Uh, Bryce Callahan was actually out at the March this week. Um, and he looked fine. He was walking around, didn't have uh, a boot or anything on his foot, but in terms of how close he is to football shape, not quite sure on that yet. And that's one of the things that this unusual off season has really delayed us in, in getting to know that type of information. So we hope to get an update before, 
they, the team officially breaks for summer, uh, mm-hmm. but we may not have a true update until training camp rolls around. Yeah, Jawan James, and uh, he's he's come along fine from what I've gathered. I, I mean, really, this is just going to be a question of how he holds up when uh, when the bullets start flying, so to speak. But um, yeah, Jawan James, right now he's fine, but uh, we'll see where he ends up. He's been through a lot of rehabs before in his career. So yeah. the other Ryan. My boys. There you go. The unseasonably cool wet weather on the front range today got me thinking, what are your favorite and least favorite inclement weather games in Broncos history? I have to go with the week seven Monday night football game played between the Packers and Broncos in Denver on October 15, 1984, when a blizzard blanketed the Rockies and produced the most snowfall during the playing of a game in Denver. The Broncos won that game 17-14 via two fumble recoveries returned for touchdowns by Steve Foley and Louie Wright. An honorable mention for me would be Denver defeating the, Ray, the Jets at the Meadowlands on November 30, 2008 in a steady, windy rain. Jay Cutler really excelled at throwing a wet football. John Elway really struggled throwing a wet football against the Chiefs in October 1995 Denver snowstorm. I thought that win would be a catalyst toward a playoff run and change the fortunes for the franchise. Little did we know that what would unfold in weeks 15 through 17 after that season. It may be recently biased, but my least favorite inclement weather game is from last season, week 15 at Kansas City. The Broncos looked completely disoriented the entire game, especially on offense. It was also just another reminder how much I hate when the Broncos have to play in Kansas City in December and how much ground the Broncos need to make up to be competitive with the Chiefs. At least there's hope for a better performance there in December of this year. It can't be said enough, but thanks be to all of you for this podcast that you bring us each weekday. DNV Army, salute. Now, Kansas City in December, something that is worth thinking about. Remember we talked about that tiny Chiefs locker room, right? Yeah, yeah. For the visiting team. So if you have to have six feet of distancing in the locker room, you're going to have to come up with something. I mean, literally in Kansas City in December, are the Broncos going to be changing a tent in the parking lot? (laughs) I hope not. That would be a true home field advantage for the Chiefs. Right, but that's what you might be looking at some – unusual scenarios this year setting up a pop-up tent in the parking lot and having visiting teams change in there wow now there are some stadiums like denver the visiting locker room is pretty big it's actually i believe if not the biggest visiting locker room in the top two or three in the nfl but there are some i think of kansas city i think of buffalo um what san diego used to be back when the chargers had a team and Visiting locker rooms in general are going to be pretty tight, so this is uh, something teams are going to have to work around. Yeah, that's that's a great point, Mesa. And, boy, a, an inclement weather game that jumps to mind. It was really at the end of the game, uh, but when the Broncos played the Patriots in 2015, of course, Brock Osweiler at quarterback and C.J. Anderson has the, uh, has the run that beats them um, in, uh, in Denver, and it was snowing there in overtime for the walk-off win. Yeah, that, that, that's one that jumps out on the positive side. I think there are a couple of sunny night games where it snowed and the Broncos lost back in the 2000s uh, to the Colts when Mike Vanderjee had a game, hit a game-winning field goal, pardon me. And then also the Raiders two years later in 2004 when Jason Elam had a field goal attempt blocked in the snow. And both times the Broncos wore their orange jerseys, which at the time were the alternate uniforms. And, boy, those orange jerseys really popped in the snow. Too bad the Broncos couldn't get the dubs that night. And it's funny. I seem to remember a lot of bad games for the Broncos in inclement weather. There was one in 01 
against Washington in Denver. And I was watching it from a distance because I was working on the desk at NFL.com at the time. And Washington came back to win. It was cold rain. I think maybe some sleet mixed in in the second half. And the stands were about half full because the weather was so bad. But admittedly, I thought Bronco fans sat through anything. And so when I saw the empty seats and a Bronco team skidding toward mediocrity, I thought, oh, my goodness, what's wrong with Bronco fans? Are they losing their edge? (laughs) This was 19 years ago. (laughs) Wow. Um, And personally, I remember one. It was either 06 or or 07, Mace. I'm sure you can help me with that. It was Christmas Eve home game. I was at the game as a fan. They were playing the Bengals. 06. 06. There we go. I knew knew you would know. And it was a, a snowy, snowy game. And the Broncos won the game at the very end because I believe it was an extra point. Uh, was muffed. They couldn't hold on to the the hold, and the Broncos went on to win. Yep, that was a little mile-high magic. Sometimes unexplainable (laughs) things happening, like mangling the snap on a PAT to save the game for the Broncos. I remember that that game well. Yep. Darren Williams had to move over to safety. Wow. That day. Wow, or not, smallest not, safety not, maybe, in the league. Or now. not Darren Williams, pardon me, my, my bad. Uh, Dominique Foxworth had to play safety, my bad. Oh, yeah. Correction. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and he was just drained after that game, just exhausted. Yeah, he earned Christmas off that next day. That's true. And then, uh, and then the Broncos lost the next week, and uh, prefer not to remember that, but uh, so it goes. Right. Jonathan Roberts, hey, DNVR. I've been subscribed for about a year now. And have all absolutely loved this service and the articles. This, if I got it in time, will be my first comment. So I'll try to make it a good one. Well, what should we say? We got him. Got him. Yep. <laughs> it is pretty much agreed that the NHL and NBA championships will come with an asterisk since so many things have already gone awry with their seasons and more problems are likely to arise, like key players being sidelined for potentially a whole series with COVID. Nobody, however, seems to be talking about an asterisk for the NFL season. With all these NFL regulations you guys mentioned, what is the likelihood that we see an asterisk add to the NFL season as well? I also wanted to note something I realized listening to other comments. All of Broncos country is aware that number one is for John and number three is for Pat, or number seven, I think is what you meant. Correct me if I'm wrong, or, or tie of titles, my bad. Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't number two for you, the fan, that gets overlooked by Broncos fans constantly? And I think it is really telling as to what this fan base cares about. We aren't entirely into this team for ourselves. We care far more deeply about the players, the coaches, and the owners that help to make this team what it is. I can't imagine there was a franchise that better story or truer fans. We are Colorado's first. We are Colorado's forever. We are Broncos country. Hey, I love it, Jonathan Roberts. I love this one's for you, mm. for the fans. Yeah. I think that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, it really is perfect. I love it. And uh, man, great first comment, Jonathan Roberts. Absolutely love it. And a great reminder about that as well. And I think May's final one coming in here from LDJ. Hey, thanks, Ryan, for clarifying with fans about Kaepernick. And also, thank you for expounding on what if with that defense in 2016, we would have made the playoffs with Cap, if not more, if he had stride. I love to think we're all a Bronco family, but some Broncos fans 
who took issue with Kaepernick's protests love the false narrative of he got opportunities, he turned them down or messed them up, or he wasn't that good. That's just not true, and that's why I'm frustrated with Elway. He said out of his mouth, we offered Colin a contract and he didn't take it, so that's where we are with that. That was so unfair to Cap, and it's hard for me to, to believe how serious the NFL is when they won't apologize for what happened to Kaepernick and won't say his name. But I appreciate Denver media for telling the truth about Kaepernick and Denver across the board. It's refreshing. My question is, is where is everyone, LOL? When can we expect to see the rookies in Denver, especially KJ and Albert Ochocinco? I know Vaughn's house is open if they haven't found a place yet. Maybe not because of COVID, though. Hmm, LOL. But you guys have an idea of when the, all the rookies should be here. Well, there's no big rush in bringing them in because you can bring them in and you can get the physicals done so that they can officially sign their contracts. Um, that may start happening in the coming weeks, but right now they can't do that. So it's, do you want to risk, um, you know, traveling right now? Um, and yes, the Jerry Judy was throwing with Drew Locke this past week. Jerry Judy was posting on his Instagram. He's back. Uh, at home right now. So it's not like he's staying here for an extended period of time to, to throw with Drew Locke every single day because he's gone. Uh, apparently, hey, KJ Hamler was supposed to be in town starting yesterday. Um, but to me, it's it's not a big deal if these rookies aren't here right now. Yeah, I think it's good for Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler to be here because they can get some reps with Drew Locke out there at the park. Any little bit helps to start working on the timing that they're going to have to have. But uh, yeah, not a great deal of urgency to get players in right now. You want everyone to just be safe uh, and come in in time for camp. And don't forget, there have been some reports and rumblings, and there's nothing substantive to them yet, but some thoughts floating around that teams could report earlier than normal because of the time they've lost in on-field work, Cortland Sutton estimated for the first-team offense, for example, is 300 to 350 snaps. So they could report a week or two early, perhaps, and have an acclimation period to get up to speed before training camp just to make sure that everybody is in shape because what you want to make sure that you do here is avoid having – a high frequency of pulled muscles, soft tissue injuries, et cetera, that can come when you're active at a high level after not being as active and maybe not training in the same way that you would have in a typical off season. So I think everything's going to square away. I'm not really concerned uh, that not all players are there are in town right now, but they'll get here and uh, that's okay. And uh, uh, good sentiments on Colin Kaepernick as well. Like I've said, he wasn't an elite quarterback, but he was a middle-tier quarterback. And if you were talking about the top 32 quarterbacks walking the earth, Colin Kaepernick was clearly among that list. And uh, that's why it disappoints me to this day that in 2017, nobody picked him up. Yeah. And years there, beyond that, too. There's no doubt about that, Mason. There's also no doubt about where the best dentistry is, and that's Green Mountain Dental Group in Lakewood. Guys, 
They're the best family-owned dentists in the metro area, and they're extreme Colorado sports fans just like all of us. And they're only a 15-minute drive outside of downtown Denver, so make sure to check them out to take care of your teeth. And when you do, make sure to schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, and you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush. Guys, that's right. All you have to do is take care of your teeth for them to take care of your teeth and give you a free Sonicare toothbrush. So make sure to give them a call. That's Green Mountain Dental. Schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam to get that free Sonicare toothbrush. All right, that'll do it for us, Mace. The sun's peeking out right now, and I think uh, our Broncos conversation helped that happen. So thanks for always keeping it sunny with me here, Mace. Thanks for rolling with us, everyone. For Andrew Mason, I'm Zach Stevens. We really appreciate you guys supporting us, rolling with us. We love hearing from you. Have a terrific Tuesday. We'll talk to you tomorrow.